0: director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. I'd like to begin here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine, I call out to all of those people who bring all that is good and true and beautiful to us through our ancestral lines, who bring to us that legacy on which we stand. I ask these ancestral helping spirits to be with us, each one of us, to assist us to meet the challenges of our own time, that we might do what must be done in a good way, that we might do what must be done in old ways where that is necessary. and and that we might do what must be done in innovative and new ways, ways that perhaps have never been seen before. And there may also be ways that we need to simply do what has been done but do it in a new form, one that draws in the great diversity of our time. And I call out to our ancestral helping spirits to be with us in the many ways so that each one of us, each one of us the living, can do what we are called to do in our own time. And I call out to the ancestors that were here long before anyone ever thought of a human. I call out to these non-human ancestors to be with us in their many forms and help us to understand how to surrender to our true nature, how to behave as a part of the great web of life, and to do so in a way that we truly support and love um, all things, all living things. And as these ancestors gather around us to help us to be better humans, let us gather ourselves, drawing ourselves from wherever we might be up to our heads and from our heads to our hearts and our hearts to our bellies. And let us reach our energy down to touch the center of, the, touch the earth and take a moment to just slow things down, stop multitasking and to focus. Focus in our heart and our belly for the deep gratitude that we feel for being alive. Gratitude for this day. And gratitude for this day, even if it's a really shitty day, because it's still a day, and every day you are breathing, and every in every day you are breathing, you have the opportunity to make change happen. And we give great gratitude to this enormous generosity in the earth's dreaming that allows us to make change and transformation real in our lives. And we give gratitude to the earth for beauty and for the wonder of life. And with the gratitude in our heart, no matter how challenging the day might be, let us send our energy down through all the layers of the earth to the very center of the earth. And there in the center of the earth, let us connect these energies that are deep and dark and quiet. Not just quiet, but silent. This is not the energy of nature, because nature actually is pretty noisy, but absolute nutritive silence. We tune into these energies that rejuvenate and restore, that nourish and replenish. We call out to these energies to come with us into our day. We reach down and draw these earth energies up, drawing up into ourself, into our day, and into these proceedings, this energy that is before all the great abundance here on the earth. We call out to these energies and draw them up into ourself for rejuvenation and restoration, replenishment all the wisdom of manifestation, how to be here in form in a good way. We call these energies up and we ask them to help us to learn to be grounded, to ground ourself within our body and our body here on earth. And in doing that, let us come to understand where we do stand and to stand there without apology and to know what it is that we stand for and to live our life that is built on that which has true meaning and purpose to our heart. And from that place that place of purpose and meaning and knowing what we stand for let us build a sense of home a sense of belonging a sense of connection and let us do this in a way that opens the door to those who are different than we are that sets it a place at the table for the other and we invite these energies into our life to provoke us into being different to thinking differently, and to becoming the men and women we're truly here to be by rising to the challenges mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically in our lives. And as we become the people we were really meant to be, let us come to deeply understand that interconnection within ourselves, with all the different aspects of ourselves, our interconnection with our environment, with others in our environment, and our interconnection with the spirit world. And may we be blessed in each day by at least one moment touching into that great web of life. And may we take our sense of right relationship from that, our relationship with the oneness. And with that energy resonating in our belly and our heart, let us draw the earth's energy up to our head and up and out the top of our head and out into the sky. And whatever weather the sky holds for you in this moment as you listen and out through the sky, out through the atmosphere, out through the cosmos and all the way out to the heavenly bodies and all the way to the highest power of the universe and by whatever way you know this energy and whatever way you name it, connect with it and let it connect with you and begin to draw this energy down, drawing in all the wisdom of the cosmos into yourself and into your day, into these proceedings. We call down blessing. We call in protection. We call in these energies that support us in the places in life that we need to commit and show devotion and show generosity. We call these energies in that inspire and illuminate the way. We call these energies in that we might feel the guidance from our own resonance with the divine. As we call these energies in, we draw the energy from our head to our heart our heart to our belly and back down to the center of the earth and in this way we connect heaven and earth yin and yang these two great legendary lovers within our own human bodies and we let that energy that great oneness that great big love inspire and awaken our own human heart and as the human heart awakens to the tasks of the day may that crucible of transformation open up in the heart to draw up the fiery passions of the belly and draw down the crystal clarity of the mind and draw these energies in into the heart where they might move and dance together and in that dance may you come to realize through your unique rhythm the unique pulse the unique flow of your dance why it is that you are here may your heart remember and may you find the courage in your heart to know that memory And to do something in this day, large or small, to bring that memory of why you're here into manifestation. In some way, giving your gifts to the world. And I give great gratitude for the enormous support that we have in doing this in our helping spirits. And there are many ways all around us. And I give gratitude as they gather here. May what needs to be said be said here today, what needs to be heard be heard, and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. And I give special thanks to Karen and April and Esteban, to Mark and Esther, all the listeners who have donated to the show. I give gratitude for those of you that are helping me to keep the show alive, uh, on the air to keep it free to anyone who can connect with the Internet anywhere in the world. The shows are available on iTunes, whyshamanismnow.com, and the Code Creator Network site, and all of these many places. And they are available to the world because of you. And I am deeply grateful for your willingness to offer and to donate. For those of you who are just turning in, the show is listener-supported. And um, that means that for those people that find themselves moved – even if it's moved into frustration and irritation, or inspiration and illumination. However you are moved, they ask people to allow that movement in the heart to motivate your actions in the world. This is the most central of all shamanic understandings, is that the true power is our movement of our heart through our actions in the world. And I ask you to do that in some way, large or small. If it can't be financial, do something that shares the show to grow the listenership um, but even more important, bring these ideas into your life. Try them out. See if you can break them. See if you can make them work. Let me know how it goes. Send me questions. Send me new show ideas based on the actual use of these ideas because this is about the practical application of shamanism in our time. And so I give gratitude to all of you and all the many creative ways that you support the show. And I also thank those of you who share with me those things you have created um, Uh, um, as the result of an inspiration from a show, one or another show. So thank you all. If you want to comment on the shows, you can do so on the Facebook page. Just let us know what show you're commenting on. Um, And otherwise, I just am enormously grateful for all the many things that you are doing to help the show to stay alive and on the air with me. Uh, we are live today, so if you have any questions about today's topic, which is about contemporary gender in shamanism, you are welcome to call in at 512-772-1938. You can Skype in from the dot creatornetworkcom site, um, and then you're also welcome to email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. You can do that while the show is live. You're also welcome to do that after the show, and I may respond, or I may just turn your question into another show. That works that way often. So as I said, uh, our topic today is about contemporary gender uh, issues in shamanism. And what we call issues of gender are front and center in our culture right now, here in America at least, however the issue is not an issue of gender, it is an issue of intolerance. And understanding this is central to using your shamanic skills effectively to sort out your reality for yourself. So we contemporary people think we understand gender. We talk about our gender, gender issues as if it's a given. But we actually don't, very much like the soul. We don't really understand the soul, we only think we do, I mean relative to the understanding that we can receive from shamanic peoples and gender is another issue that we think is a given. We think that we understand it, but we actually don't. Not in the way that shamanic people did. So our innate understanding has been tortured and twisted and fit into the wishful thinking of humanity's many monotheisms. So the current dominant belief system would have us believe that others should all be like us fitting neatly into boy girl categories when in truth we are all unique we are all profoundly unique and if we were willing to be historically accurate about the history for example here in North America we would see that this dominating desire to make only boys and girls rose out of these revealed religions and the rise of European royalty and aristocracy and that this is actually new thinking and it's not even particularly inspired thinking and that the thinking of our shamanic ancestors, the experience of our shamanic ancestors long before this particular time that is the immediate history of those of us living right now, that thinking was inclusive and understood these these, uh, the, that the issue of gender was simply not an issue. So gender really isn't about sexual preference, I mean the idea, sexual preference as if we're what, picking donuts, today I want chocolate, tomorrow I want sprinkles, I mean it's, it's offensive actually. So our sense of ourselves in our body precedes the awakening of our sexual desire for another our sense of ourselves as a child in our body and who we are in our world precedes in our awareness in our mind any awakening sexual desire for another person. So gender is about who you are in your body in the world. So gender is not really just about a sense of maleness or femaleness or even possibly the simultaneity of that. Because what is masculine or feminine is culturally defined and it's also defined by time. Different times and different cultures define these very qualities differently. So these are not fixed, these are not even real. The idea of what is masculine and what is feminine is an entire construct. It is a story told by a culture in a particular time. It is in a sense then not real. I'm not saying that it is not used to inflict real damage. But to the extent that you are using those paradigms to, to perpetuate that within your own understanding of yourself is misguided if you're actually trying to be a shamanic practitioner. Because this kind of gender issue is not in the history of shamanic people, so gender itself it is uh, determined by many factors. It, it is the, um, it's the symptom, in a sense, of many factors. It in and of itself is not the thing. So it has biological components and social, experiential, sexual factors ultimately as we become young adults and adults. In shamanic cultures, gender is also determined by spirit factors. In fact, it is believed to be preceded by the dream and by the spirit that emerged from that, um, not an intellectual or cultural choice, but but a range of expression of a spiritual impulse. So, th- and this is important because of the way, for example, my clients are bringing quote unquote their their gender issues to me. What we need to understand is that. When I say that in a shamanic culture gender is determined by spiritual factors, what we mean is that in shamanic cultures gender is determined by your spirit and your soul's calling. It's not determined by your helping spirits and that is often misunderstood and misinterpreted and then contributes to the confusion that many people feel, especially people that are sensitive to energies from the other world. So this idea then that our gender is influenced by spirit does not mean that we allow our helping spirits to define our gender or our sense of ourselves. That behavior isn't any different than allowing any other authority to define your gender for you. And this is the confusion that I really want to talk about today because I'm seeing this weaving more and more into the gender confusion of people that are working with spirit, which is a historical tendency, right? So so to allow your helping spirits to push you around about gender is just like allowing your old high school phys ed teacher to push you around, around gender or your mother or your father. That – The important thing about your expression of yourself in your body, in your world, is that is about you and your body and your physical presentation here as it is infused by your spirit, not your helping spirits. So if you want to listen to other shows about the tradition of gender and gender transformation and shamanism, it's in the archive. But there's also quite a bit in the encyclopedia because I was trying to really bring that awareness to the front. Um, of people's consciousness because it tends to be backpedaled um, in shamanism. And then you could also check out the work of Walter L. Williams. He's retired now, um, but his work has largely been about the um, variety of expressions of gender and how they tend to often coincide with di- the um, expression of different spiritual functionaries in different indigenous people. His work's really excellent. So, for example, um, this is one of the things uh, – this is the type of thing that he says. So when primal traditions um, seem to share in common is a belief that the divine expressed in spiritual practices and the arts is inseparable from the body and nature. They also tend to share a belief that gender variant behavior and heterosexuality are both natural and sacred. Indeed, they often look upon gender-variant persons as especially capable of performing spiritual functions as they are believed to hold the knowledge of gender transformation and all other forms of metamorphosis. And so what I like about William's work is he doesn't just just ping-pong in some back-and-forth um, dualistic thinking around it's either gay or straight, that he's actually... Looking at gender as it is seen through the eyes of indigenous people whose lives are, who allow their lives to be much more shaped by their own spirit, not just by helping spirits, but by having an intimate relationship with their own spirit. Okay, so gender, particularly gender variance, gender transformation, gender evolution, meaning evolving your sense of gender over time, is an aspect of shamanism. It's a big aspect of shaman shamanism. And traditional shamans are of all possible permutations of gender. So 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 gender from a from a more shamanic perspective is considered fluid and flexible. This idea that we have to um na- pu- pu- pinpoint ourselves somewhere, to name ourselves to identify as, is completely opposed to shamanic thinking around gender, shamanic experience around gender. Gender is not believed to be an inborn trait that is tied to your biology. The body's sex, social role, sexual orientation are not linked by definition to biology, but they all influence each other. Gender identity is part of a range of options for human expression. So shamanic cultures look at the diverse array of these possible options as as these possible unique expressions of the human spirit, all natural, all sacred. So biologically, you know, our body's sex is determined by genetic inheritance of the individual specifically by the two chromosomes we call sex chromosomes. Sex differentiation is a process by which the fetus develops into what we classify as male or female reproductive characteristics. And this is all directed by a kind of genetic makeup. And this is a complex developmental process with many biological variations on the basic themes. So in traditional shamanic cultures, gender then is not tied to that body's sex that that's that's just the body that's the physical expression that in traditional shamanic cultures gender is an acquired trait with that that corresponds to a social role the person is feeling called to fulfill so in this tribal belief systems There is always more than two genders, and all of these genders are well-defined. Many of them have traditional roles that tend to be suited to the strengths and weaknesses of those different expressions. And, for example, there's a tribal belief in systems of over 130 North American Native peoples that biological sex does not dictate the social role or gender an individual assumes, nor does it predict who the person was na- would eventually desire sexually as an adult. So, so this idea we have as contemporary people that one, that it, it's only natural to be born male or female, thus n- now judging those who are born with um, an abundance of sexual characteristics instead of one or the other, but both, right? So w- we act as if... It's a given. You're supposed to be a boy or a girl biologically. And once that happens, everything else is predetermined. It's a package deal. And that is a gross misunderstanding about gender. Gross misunderstanding about it. It simply isn't true. And yet we terrorize our children. And children terrorize each other. And rewrite laws and continue to terrorize adults around this gross misunderstanding that has no scientific backup because we see around us in evidence all around us that that idea that there's only boys and girls and it's all a package deal around gender and sexual preference is obviously not true and yet it continues to be this line of crap that we're trying to cram down everybody's throat thank you very much. And if you're a shamanic practitioner or a shamanic healer, you need to understand your history shamanically. To propagate those beliefs in any way, even in your own self-hatred, is not shamanic thinking. And we need to get right with that as practitioners. And that's really what the show is about today is how can we then as contemporary people coming out of this old story thinking it's totally got gender wired when it does not at all understand it. How do we get right with that and thus become not only better shamanic practitioners, but also better able to support the transformation of the story in our own time so that perhaps our children and our grandchildren will not suffer in the same way. So the gender identity of contemporary shamans all over the world is actually complicated by the influences of dominant governments and religious systems. It's not just here in the US that um, these systems all over the world impose their own biases relative to gender and shamans. So, so here we have uh, the Olympics were just held, re- Winter Olympics were held in Russia Huge issues there around gay, straight, um, I don't know, I can't even think of what the right word is basically because I just see it all as violence towards other human beings. So, and, And yet we're in a part of the world with one of the deepest traditions of transformed shamans, of men who are called to shamanic work, being called through that work to transform themselves into women in their culture. And to practice with the women. It's, it, it's astounding to me to watch this, this insanity around the globe. It's not just in the United States. So in China, in ancient China, the Wu were female shamans and they were very prominent and very powerful. Um, but today, only approximately one quarter of the ethnic Chinese uh, shamans are women. And this Confucian influence in the country has pushed women from prominent positions throughout Chinese society, including shamanism. so this is going on this, this the whole illness of dominant thought is is um, damaging our understanding all over the world it 's not even just not just in America. okay, so the important thing let's let's get ourselves on point here. The important thing is gender preference does not define you. It is your internal incarnate spirit that defines you. It helps to sort out the same dynamics the way the indigenous people did. So if you need to sort this out and, and understand, I'm not saying you don't identify as a male body, male gender roles, loving women and a female body, female gender roles, loving men, I'm not saying then you need to sort this out. I'm saying if you have this confusion around gender, no matter where, how you fit into the current culture, no matter how much rank and privilege you experience because of how you identify, you need to sort these things out. We as shamanic practitioners need to come from a place of oneness, true oneness around all of this. And it will help a great deal because in this work, this work of tending with spirit and tending the people through our relationship with spirit, we have a preponderance of people who experience a kind of gender variance. It's always been that way for humans on the planet. And so we need to sort this out. So whether you pass as straight or not, you need to sort this out unless you're already able to really open your arms to all the many manifestations. So this is, I would suggest we sort it out in the same way that indigenous people did because the last piece of people that I can see anywhere on the planet who did sort it out. Um, So, first, issues of gender are becoming more and more frequent as presenting issues in my sessions with clients. And this is the reason for this show. And the main issue that I see right out of the gate is that the person actually fully believes that they have an issue with gender, that they have a problem. You and your gender are fine. All of you, everybody. You and your gender, you could be with whatever it is. You are fine, whatever it might be. You know, in in shamanic cultures, there's even an everything person, and there's even a person whose gender is utterly non-translatable. That is how completely open and accepting, um, not just tolerant but accepting and interested these these pre-contact cultures are around an issue we can't even breathe through. It's amazing to me. So. Our culture has the problem. You don't. You don't have an issue of gender. Our culture does. And here is the core issue when I, as a practitioner, take your quote unquote issue of gender to spirit, there is no issue because, from the perspective of spirit, your gender isn't an issue. Your gender's fine. So, this issue that is so prevalent in our modern religion is simply not found as a resonance of truth in the spirit world. So this issue that is so prevalent and so the the fight so often justified with some sort of religious interpretation, we all need to recognize while, while much religious teaching is echoed in the spirit world shamanically, you can see that resonance. This is not one aspect that is. This kind of issue around gender is not echoed in the reality of the spirit world. So, your gender is not an issue. You may have experienced pain, trauma, suffering, and abuse due to it, supposedly, you know, to to your supposed gender. But no matter how painful, it still isn't a gender issue. It's an issue of violence, it's an issue of ignorance. It's an issue of intolerance. And as with all journeying, we have to use the right words to get an answer that's going to help us. So you can journey all day about your quote-unquote issue of gender and you're not going to get anywhere effective because you don't have one. It doesn't exist. What exists is the violence that has come towards you in your life, the ignorance, the intolerance. If we call these issues what they really are, instead of accepting it as your problem with gender. But if we call these energies what they really are by their real names, we can journey really well about them and begin to transform them. So you have to name them honestly and you have to name them accurately and you have to be able, then you be able to journey clearly about them. That spirit will help you find what you need to understand what it is that you need to do to heal because people have been horribly wounded by this deep, profound ignorance, righteous ignorance in our culture. You'll be able to find how to heal, perhaps even the healing energy itself from your helping spirits. But you have to be willing to call uh, the energies by their real names. So if you go into your journeys, continuing to ask about your gender issues, um, as if that they are a fact, and that they are an issue, um, your helping spirits just really aren't going to understand what you're talking about. No matter how unique, no matter how unsettling you are to others, no matter how confused you are yourself, your gender is not an issue. Our culture has constructed the reality in which you are taught to feel something other than at home in your gender. Our culture has constructed a reality that says you can't be comfortable in a biologically, for example, in a biologically male body feeling that you are a woman. Our culture has constructed a reality in which each one of us has to choose and identify in the first place. Our culture is wrong. Our culture is the issue. Your gender is not an issue. No matter how unique you are, even if you see no one around like you no matter how unsettling you are to others no matter how confused you are yourself your gender is not an issue so let's go back to a cultural story in which there can easily be an everything person and there can be a person whose gender is utterly non-translatable so that person walks in, joins you at your table, and you can never find, your brain can't find the place to put them, because they only, there's only them, and there only ever will be, because they're such a unique expression of themselves. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could feel good about that kind of discomfort, knowing that it opens up a place inside of ourself to know ourselves even more fully? So let's go back to these people who were not threatened by diversity in humanity. Let's go back in our mind to these shamanic people who literally loved life in its many, many curious manifestations. And let's let them help us sort this out today. Because honestly, I don't see any guidance coming from my culture other than from the brave people ...who are writing really well and sharing with us their experience through photos and essays. But you know what? It's not their job to carry that burden. Just like it's not my job as a woman to teach men about their misogyny. Right? It's not the job of the person who is, who is um, diminished in rank, privilege, and power to teach those who have it. They will and they do but it's not their job. If we truly loved life, if we truly believed in in really becoming shamanic practitioners, dropping all the lie of separation and truly aligning ourselves with the oneness, really practicing shamanism, then we would actually be able to invite that person who's utterly undefinable to our table and enjoy that guest. We would be able to see that in our own child and wonder, be in awe, and allow that kid to have the most varied and unexplained wardrobe anyone ever saw in one closet. We can be those people. So the first thing that we need to do is get right with our own physical body. And I know we've got thousands of years of history of monotheistic religions telling us that our body's the problem, but it is not. So we need to each begin by getting right with our own body. Are you in right relationship with your body? If not, journey to your helping spirits and find out what you need to do to do that do you love it and do you express that love by caring for it in a way that allows it to rise to optimum health because the body's wisdom is all about living in a good way living in a healthy way if your body is not healthy it is not healthy because of choices you are making and and we truly express our love for ourselves and our body by allowing it to be healthy, by making the choices necessary for it to be healthy, whatever, whatever those parameters are for you. So these are all questions you can journey about. The, the issue is going to be, are you willing to follow through with the answers and allow yourself to be transformed by them? Are you able to use your body to assist you in discerning what is true for yourself? or do you distrust the input from your body? It's a big issue around coming to understand your true the truth of your truth cord, is being able to trust your body as, as what helps you in, in the cultivation of discernment. So once your body can assist you in knowing your own truth, what resonates as true for you in your belly and your heart and your mind simultaneously knowing that your belly and your heart and your mind are connected to the earth and to the sky so then the next question with your body for many of you will be do I need to transform this body to align with what I feel is my spiritual authenticity and, and understand that in shamanic cultures many people it was, it was not uncommon to be in a male body and feeling female or to be in um, a female body and feeling male. That this, this was really ordinary actually and not actually considered the means, uh, the need to then transform the body. That what transformed is out, the outer expression in the world. So one aligned their gender expression then with the inner person. So they would change the way they dress, they would change the way, in many cultures, the way they speak, because sometimes there was a male version of the language and a female version of the language. They would change their presentation and others would simply accept it. But the question today, because we live in a different world and we can transform things if we choose to, and that's a question you would ask, and then to what degree? Right? And this is all is all up to you and the truth of your own spirit in your own body. Not your mind and your ego and the way it's been run in circles by our culture. But to get in right relationship with your body. It still helps you discern the truth. Even if it is a body you feel you ultimately need to transform. So the next piece then that contributes so you know biology that those are biology questions your biology contributes to gender so the next question would be what is your sense of of you as you present yourself in the world particularly relative to your work in the world so this is more about how you feel as in does it resonate with your heart um than it has anything to do with others and their thoughts or feelings or judgments about you. So I so I've received from clients um, just just tortured internal dialogue around whether they dress as a man or dress as a woman, and whether that matches their physical biology. That kind of torturing yourself is taught to you by your culture based on a false sense of ideas. You don't need to do that to yourself. You don't need to accept this bad bill of goods the culture is selling. The important thing is what clothing feels most authentic? In what way are you most authentically yourself in the world? All right. What hairstyle feels most authentically yourself in the world? I spent a long period of time with my head shaved as a young woman and it was interesting to see how confusing that is to children because children ident- uh, children are still operating in that sense picking visual cues the way um, indigenous people would where so an indigenous person would accept that a person who was presenting as female yesterday has now changed their clothing ...and their hairstyle into what is traditionally male in the culture... ...and the people need to turn and accept. I mean, there are people in my life who won't even accept the fact... ...that I changed my name from my nickname to my given name. Right? I mean, we are so arrogant in this culture... ...in our unwillingness to change... ...to be a little bit uncomfortable... ...with changing our sense of somebody else. When accepting someone else as they present themselves... Is, is fundamental in how we need to be with each other. Okay, so anyway, clothing, what is authentic to you? Hair, what is authentic to you? I mean, there is a whole lot of men out there that are masculine and gorgeous and have long hair and nobody gets tied in a knot around that. And yet there are people wanting to come into their shamanic life getting tied into a knot about whether or not they wear pants to work. So the important thing here is recognizing how much are you working your own nerves based on what you perceive of a culture that has already wronged you in the first place. So what manner of speaking feels authentic to you? So, for example, um, there's a whole lot of studies out there about male and female speech patterns in contemporary America, particularly in the corporate world. And whenever I work with corporate people or doctors or other professional people who are in that world, there are often comments made to me about how masculine I am. In my delivery, in my speech, and i I always find that uh, fascinating because I don 't actually feel remotely masculine it's just me i'm I'm way down with being a female and being an enormously powerful woman and to me, that isn't masculine it's powerful female. Um, it's fascinating to me though. How it I cannot simply be perceived. I mean, and I pass, you know, I pass as a pretty ordinary little old white lady, right? I pass, and it's fascinating to me that people cannot actually say, wow, that was a really powerful presentation. It's like, wow, that was a really masculine presentation. It's like, no, it wasn't. Not at all. <laughs> it's just this is my point. Even even me who passes has to deal with this shit. I can't imagine what it is. For those of you who aren't passing, can't pass and don't want to. It, and, and so my point in today's show is A, your gender isn't an issue, but also we as shamanic practitioners, particularly those of us that pass, need to change our awareness around this as well. Okay, so clothing, hair, manner of speaking, what role do you play in the world? What is your sense of right work? How do you align yourself with your sense of right work? How would you be in the world if you were truly able to disregard the opinions and judgments of others? How would you be to do your right work in the world? And then you must ask yourself, are you safe presenting in that way in your world right now? I mean that literally safe. I don't mean perceptions of safety. I mean, are you literally safe? And if you're not, you may have to modulate a little bit for now. And then you may need to change your environment or maybe you will change the environment that you're in. But you do need to consider safety because again, this is not an issue of gender. It's an issue of violence. It's an issue of intolerance. It's an issue of ignorance and bigotry and dominance. And you have to be lucid about that, not conform to it, but not be naive and stupid about it. I am not encouraging people to go out and get themselves beat up. I am encouraging us all to be really sure that we are deep and true and complete in our inner sense of who we are and who we present out in the world. And so the thing about safety is, from a shamanic perspective, you also have your helping spirits to bring into that issue if you don't feel safe. You have power songs to bring in to your day if you don't feel safe. You have ancestral helping spirits to bring in if you don't feel safe being who you are. And it is amazing how safe and protected a person is who is comfortable in themselves, in their authenticity, and is simply in the world being who they are. Right. So when we are ex- ex- externally aligned and internally aligned, we stir less friction as we move through the world. For example, there was a time um, I was when we were doing the workshops at a retreat center that had a lot of different retreats going at the same time, a lot of different kinds of people, and there was a young man um, studying with me who was also a practitioner in his own right and um in his own town and what he noticed as he as he moved through this uh collection of people in the dining hall where we would where we the shamanic students were were meeting the students and all these other things that he was constantly creating irritation and friction when he told people what it is that he was doing where i would talk to those same people and not create irritation and friction and I was being much more bold and out about what I was talking about. And what he came to understand about that situation is that he wasn't actually comfortable in, in himself um, given his relationship with his gender and his practice as a shamanic practitioner. felt it wasn't a manly practice. And that dissonance within himself – was creating friction as he talked about it with others. Whereas for me, at that point in time in my life, I was very comfortable in myself, my work, and happy to talk about it, not trying to prove anything, and thus could have a conversation with almost any about, anybody about it without irritating them. Now, of course, I wasn't always that way. I am not always that way still, and there are some people you just can't talk to, and nobody can. It's just where it is. But you see my point that there is an issue of internal alignment that allows you to move in the world in a way that creates harmony and not friction. And then there's also the issue of are you intending change? Are you out there to wake people up or change people's minds? Because if you are, you will create um, disturbance as you go. That's your intention. And what's interesting is – in, in the shamanic world, I meet a lot of practitioners who feel it's their job to wake people up and they don't understand why people get irritated with them and leave as clients, even though they're doing good work. And part of it is because of their intention to irritate and disturb people. You know, my intention is to do work that is so effective for people is in such harmony with their true selves that their true self wakes them up. It's not my job to wake them up. It's just my job to support their own inner authenticity to wake them up. And so my intent is not that they wake up. My intent is that they I do what I can to help them come into alignment with their own authenticity. So, So this is the thing that people are often not aware of when they're wrestling around in this place of what does gender really mean, who are you in the world and I think I can't say too many times I honestly believe that our contemporary American cultures need to make you identify to pin you down into a place on the map is in and of itself violent. That I believe that sexuality, sensuality, gender expression, who we are in our work in the world, that these things in many people's lives need to flow and be fluid and change and that they are not meant to be identified um, in the sense of locked in so that you can be put in a box. I think that that's a really violent act this culture does. That we need to allow ourselves to have more fluidity and flexibility. Okay, so then, so that's kind of the work in the world piece. Are you aligned with your work in the world? And are you presenting as a person who can do that work? And if not, can you bring your presentation in the world into greater alignment? Are you, are you in a role identifying in a certain way that is not actually serving Your actual calling and the work that you need to do in the world. So then the next piece is who do you desire or whom do you desire is probably more correct. But anyway, this does not define you, but being dishonest with yourself about this never goes well. And it never goes well when you're working with spirit. Because shamanic work is enormously life-affirming work and it stirs sensuality and it stirs sexuality. And if your relationship with your own sexual desire is a little sideways, then that energy gets stirred and goes out sideways in your life. And so as a practitioner who is moving power and working with power, you need to be aligned with your own honesty and your own truth. And this it's very important. So in other words, being a man who desires men sexually does not – define you as a homosexual. It means that you're a man who desires men. So, so who you desire in this moment just means what it means in the moment. It doesn't define you. You don't need to identify and stick a pin in the map. This desire may or may not be fluid in your life. Some people it is what it is and that's what it is from the beginning and it just stays that way for forever and that's great and for other people it is not. They're both natural, they're both sacred. Your gender is not an issue. There is no need to define yourself by whom you desire. There is no. There is only a need especially if you're a shamanic practitioner for honesty and healthy adult sexual expressions. Now obviously I should go without saying I'm talking when I'm talking about sexual desire I'm talking about adults. Okay. So the questions you need to ask yourself and given the answers potentially work with with spirit is have you internalized the cultural illnesses and religious uh, and rejection um, of anything other than heterosexual expression? Have you internalized that? Have Do you carry within yourself a thinking that anything other than hetero is problematic in some way, is bad, is an illness, is whatever? I mean, there's a whole lot of schools of thought out there that could certainly have pre-programmed you for that. And if that is what you're carrying in your mind, you need to work with your helping spirits to transform that. But again, asking them to help you deal with your gender issue is not an effective journey in question. You need to identify these beliefs, these internalized cultural illnesses that you carry, these rejections that you carry, and name them honestly and accurately and ask your helping spirits to help you transform that. The other thing is that healthy sexual expression is part of a healthy life and for some people that's a lot of sex for some people it's not a lot of sex but the important thing is that you are doing what is healthy for you and and whether or not that involves other people but to to begin to a practice where you're going to be moving power you're going to be more powerful than you ordinarily are to be sideways around this issue is really dangerous. And we tend to act because it's spirit that sex isn't part of this. Sex is always part of you. You're human. It's part of your health and well-being. And the ability to align your work accurately means that you're aligned with yourself. So as you have explored and expressed these things, have you suffered at the hands of others physically? These are questions to ask yourself. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. If so, as long as you name it properly... You can journey about it successfully, but it means that you need to give back all the ways in which other people have made your gender a problem, made it your issue. You need to look back at those experiences, even if it is your dear mother or father, even if it is a beloved somebody in your life, and name it as the violence or the intolerance or the ignorance that it is, and then you can journey about it accurately. It won't work to just journey about your gender issues. My gender this, my gender that. Because the helping spirits will look at you and basically what they're saying is your gender isn't an issue. That's not the point. The point is someone betrayed you. Journey about the betrayal. Someone broke your heart. Journey about the brokenheartedness. The important thing is that you actually journey about the reality honestly and accurately not a cultural construct that does not actually exist in the sense that it is not there in the real energies it is not echoed as truth in the spirit world so under, so the other question is as you begin to really understand how your biology plays into this, how your, your sort of identification of yourself out in the world, how your sexual desire comes together and they all complement who you are and that this is essential to the manifestation of your soul's purpose. Um, alignment with your purpose begins with alignment with yourself. There's a quote I found yesterday as I was getting ready for the show that said I didn't realize who I was until I stopped being who I wasn't. And I can't think of who this statement is more um, right for, I guess, than those people that, that in our, in this culture in America who suffer with being something other than uber male or uber female. And all of these, all of this, You know, like we're all suffering, usually, trying to be who our parents wanted us to be. So we're all trying to realize who we are by stopping, you know, being who we aren't. But then you add to that this whole issue of presenting yourself in a world in a way that is unique, that is fluid, that is changeable, that irritates other people and is uncomfortable for them. Yeah? So what? Other people need to grow up and get over it. Now, I realize... Right now, other people will often hurt you because of it. But we, shamanic practitioners, who have a preponderance of people who are in this situation, this gender-variant situation, we need to get right with this. We need to understand that for us and for our clients, gender is not the issue. It is a non-issue in the spirit world, and we need to start acting that way. So there are some shamanic issues that could be contributing factors as you're wanting to heal the ways in which you may have suffered over these things I've been talking about here today. There are factors in your own that that contribute to your own inability to come into alignment with yourself or feel confident about your alignment. So first and foremost… It It is, of course, that your helping spirits do not define your gender expression in the world. So if you have a helping spirit come in and say you need to behave like a man or you need to behave like a woman for me to work with you, tell them to leave, right? Your spirit, your own personal spirit and its need for alignment is the first defining factor. A true helping spirit will support you in that alignment. They may help you to see where you are not really aligned Or encourage you to explore something to better access the full range of your power. But they do not define your gender in the world. So some of the issues that could uh, contribute is unresolved ancestors could be dissonant with your own authenticity. Um, It's important how you raise your children. Um, especially children that don't seem to be fitting into your comfort zone. So that could be an issue to deal with. Um, You could uh, look at how you relate. Go to your helping spirits to find out how you would relate to family members who persist in their intolerance or violence, even if it's simply emotional or psychological in spite of your efforts. And you can also work with these shamanic issues to deal with your own intolerance of others. Shamanic practice, either living or healing, is rooted in oneness and oneness is not conditional. So we have to look at our own intolerance of gender variance all around and know that if you are intolerant, then you are actually in pain. And this is the deepest place that we can go, is to ask our helping spirits to help us touch our own pain and heal that so that we are able to open to this enormous wealth of variety in the humans around us so i give thanks to the ancestral helping spirits those who guide us in each day i give thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all i want to thank you all for listening today and i hope that you can find in this a way in your own life to be more aligned with yourself or better aligned with those who present in ways that are simply different than you thank you everyone have a great week we